Welcome to the last Comic Shop Podcast! A comic book podcast that actually talks about comics. Yep, each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic. Sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or TV shows. Or not. Lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects. Oh yes, definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all the major podcasting platforms to the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assembled. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. All right, everyone, we have another fun episode ready for you today. We are going to talk all about the quantum realm coming out of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. There was so much to talk about coming out of that film, as is evidenced by our very long episode, but we still couldn't even touch on a few aspects. So wanted to take a deep dive into the quantum realm today, talk a little bit more about its background coming out of the film, and also where we might see it in the future, how it might be used, and where it might be going from here. So, Katie, as always, why don't you kick us off? I think the quantum realm is very interesting, and, and the reason I'm glad we're really deep diving into it is because to your point, we didn't have time to really talk too much about it without probably spending a good extra 30 minutes on an already long episode covering a movie. But the biggest thing for me is I actually want to talk about the past version of the quantum realm first, and then kind of what this movie married with it. But from the get-go, you know, first Ant-Man, we see almost like an optical illusion version. Uh, It almost looks like the strange mirror world when we first enter you know, the the quantum realm in the first Ant-Man. Then the second Ant-Man, we kind of see this weird, like, energy plane, I guess, is kind of the vibe. It's definitely not what we see in the third movie. And in the third movie, we obviously see now pretty much an entire civilization. Like, we see an established world, pretty much its own universe. And, I mean, it is. But what I find interesting, and I want to bring attention to while we discuss the quantum realm especially, and I want to start by saying this, is... They threw out this line about the quantum realm being its own layers, which is why we see three different versions of it. I really think it was them correcting the fact that the quantum realm has looked different in three movies now. Which is interesting because I could get that if it was three different directors, but it's been Peyton Reed all the way through. Like, we use Thor as an example because it's been four movies, three directors. Like, every Thor movie, other than the two that Taika did, were very distinct from one another because it was... Three different directors take on the character. I get it. I don't always love it because it makes the character very inconsistent, but I get it. And that's not even to mention his appearances in the Avengers and how those directors, you know, take the character. But like with something like this, you know, you're seeing three different versions to your point. You almost expect it to be three different people and they're, you know, different takes on the quantum realm. But it's just Peyton Reed, just him doing his thing three different ways, three different times. And then I don't even remember, honestly, how it looked in Endgame. Yeah, I don't think we see too much of the world itself of the Quantum Realm in Endgame. We mainly just see them traveling through, like, 
the time tunnels. Yeah, which I still don't really understand that concept at all. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And the thing for me is, and I kind of saw this, I was reading some things about the quantum realm and everything, and someone described it as it, and I'm not going to be able to say it verbatim, I don't fully remember how it goes, but essentially it's the kind of thing that is going to be whatever it needs to be for whatever film it's in. And I thought that was an interesting way to describe it, but it also means that we have to, well, from the outside, we can look at it that way. From the inside, we have to look at it and we're like, okay, so the first layer of the quantum realm is this weird mirror-like dimension. And then you go a little deeper and you get this energy field. And then if you go a little deeper, you meet civilization. And then I don't know what else is there. Is there more? And the reason I ask that, and I don't want to obviously get into the aspect of Kang, but then it's like, well, we can't confirm Kang is dead, right? Did he slip into another layer of the quantum realm? I actually, and I don't, I want to save this. We're going to do a whole episode on Kang. So I don't want to dive to your point too deep on this because that's going to be saved for another episode. Right. But I don't know that he went into another layer of the quantum realm. I actually think because he was against his time device, I actually think he slipped somewhere else in time. Okay. I see that too. And we'll just leave it at that and we'll come back revisit it in another couple episodes that's going to be a point that definitely comes up again so mark your notes listeners because we're going to come back to that one but we're going to put a pin in it for now yeah and we'll talk about layers for the moment yeah (laughs) like cake (laughs) exactly it's like i don't even know i don't eat things that have a lot of layers i was going to give an example and i was like i actively don't know what else has a lot of layers it's like that dessert quote-unquote that Rachel makes in Friends that's what I was thinking about but I couldn't remember what the name of it was I couldn't either wait I think she was calling it a trifle but it had meat so was it a trifle she screwed Probably up the rest of, yeah but that's exactly what I'm thinking of it as like do we have to be assuming there's more layers what like and upon that you know there's this whole civilization layer that's cool I want to get into that then obviously But now it makes me more curious about, like, this mirror dimension sort of layer. And it makes me more curious about the energy dimension layer. And, like, what else is in those? Because clearly, you know, when they first fell into this third layer, they didn't anticipate a whole freaking world down here. Well, right. And I also... I'm also confused about Janet. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah, truly. We see Janet, she's in that kind of second layer you mentioned in the second movie, in the energy layer, right? Like, isn't that where they find her? But then she comes into this third layer with the rest of the crew, and she's all familiar with all the players, they all know who she is, and clearly she hung out there for at least a large portion of her 30 years in the quantum realm. So how does one move between layers? How does one find their way around between layers like I have a lot of questions I also you know a lot of people have been pointing out of course we saw the quantum realm in Doctor Strange when the ancient one pushes his astral form through the different dimensions and one of them is the quantum realm so like is the mirror shaped one actually the mirror dimension and that's just a layer of the quantum realm My other question, you're going to hate the fact that I'm bringing this up, how does the quantum realm exist if there's not supposed to be a multiverse? Like, technically, if it's its own universe, it should not exist in accordance to what we learned in Loki and He Who Remains. 
So I have just a lot of questions, like, related to just the logistics of the Quantum Realm itself and how it relates to other franchises outside of Endgame, because that was very clear. It's the other things where it becomes a wrinkle, and I don't really understand the mechanics behind it. So I will say I would really like if they came out and confirmed that the first layer of the Quantum Realm is part of the Mirror Dimension. I think that would marry things in my brain a little bit and not make me feel as overwhelmed. Because I know we did talk about, like, dimensions and multiverses and stuff. Just to find out the dimensions are multiverses. Are universes. There's one multiverse, multiple universes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, my bad. Yes, that they're universes within the multiverse is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I know that was initially a question, which is why I'm like, okay, so technically they're a universe. These different layers of the quantum realm are technically a universe. So are they just the same? You know? Meaning, like, is it all one universe or multiple universes within the quantum realm? Is that your question? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was making sense until you asked me that question, and now I don't know what I was, like, going for. That's what I thought you were trying to say? Well, I'm saying, like, I think it would make a lot of sense if the mirror dimension, which we've now been confirmed, dimensions are universes within the multiverse. Which also predates... He who remains is death. Yes, I was thinking that I was just about to say the same thing. That doesn't make sense to me that how are those open? Yeah. If the multiverse, unless, unless in some weird way, because here's, here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to hate that I'm going to say this, but we have to remember Loki, like the show Loki sits outside of time, right? Oh God, I knew you were going to say that because I I almost said it, but ah. I know. So, like, we can't actually confirm that this, like, what happened in Loki the show took place prior to all of this or took place after all of this. We actively can't confirm that. The other thing that I'm thinking is, like, what if the death of He Who Remains doesn't just happen from that point forward in wherever Loki stands in time, but actually reverberates throughout the sacred timeline in order to have almost like he never existed? Okay, wait, you lost me on that one. Okay, so, like, Sylvie kills He Who Remains. We're watching Loki episode 6. We have no idea what's actually happening, right? She kills him. Then, instead of what I'm saying is, instead of that having ramifications for the multiverse from that point forward, wherever Loki is on the timeline, instead of that having ramifications from that point forward, it actually reverberates both ways throughout time to actually affect the past and the future. So the entire sacred time, sorry, sacred circle is actually affected 360 degrees, not just necessarily from that point forward. Therefore, what we're actually seeing is already the ramifications of he who remains being dead. So what if now the multiverse has been open the whole time? Okay, which I want to run with that because otherwise, if we don't assume that, Janet makes no sense. She was in the quantum realm for 30 years. And now I walked out of that movie understanding that the quantum realm is almost like a parallel sacred circle. Yeah, right. Like underneath. Yeah. And so I never considered it, even though it is its own universe, I never considered it part of the multiverse. I considered it, it just always existed there. But theoretically saying that's not the answer because I can neither confirm nor deny that it is. 
and we go off the theory that it is a universe and had to open when the multiverse itself opened, Kang, or he who remains, being pretty much dead that whole time, or whatever, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, like, this would have had to have happened 30 plus years ago for Janet to have ended up in the quantum realm. Right. But then I also wonder, Hank knew the quantum realm existed if you went too small. How? Yeah, that was my question too. Like, just even beyond, like, the multiverse. Like, let's just take that out of the equation right now. Like, obviously, I understand it's a very important variable. But just to understand, like, where I'm questioning, like, no multiverse, multiverse aside, how did he even know it was a thing if nobody had ever been there? Was it, like, a theoretical construct? Which makes sense. He's a scientist. Like, I could see him doing that, and that might answer your question. I guess if you're running with that, it was a theoretical concept that wasn't confirmed until, you know, Janet actually went there and then he thought she was dead. Then he studied it more and we all know what, where it goes from there. Yeah. But that's why I, circling back a little back to where we were, I mean, understanding the quantum realm to be its own universe. And if we don't run with my theory from our Ant-Man 3 reactions, we do have to assume it was opened with the multiverse, which had to have been opened sooner, which frustrates me because I don't I feel like if I just understood where Loki lived on the MCU timeline I think it would help me a little bit more and I feel like this is an ongoing conversation whenever we talk about this stuff but because it sits outside time I can't actively say where it is (laughs) I have another thought and this one's wild oh I mean really really wild now usually I'm the one who has the wild one so we'll see what happens here I know but I I did a little digging before this episode because I wanted to come in with some fresh context and maybe some different theories coming out of Ant-Man 3 and all that good stuff and this was something that I also came across pre-Ant-Man but it stuck with me and then when I saw it again I was like I need to bring this up One of the ways you can access the quantum realm is by magic. Now, we saw, obviously, Doctor Strange do it. That means a being such as a Wanda could do it, and I'm not tying it specifically to her. But I almost wonder, if you have had magical beings for hundreds of years, look at Agatha, Salem Witch Trials, you know, she probably was even older than that. The idea of the Scarlet Witch is actually thousands of years old, at least the way that Wanda explains it. The Dark Hold is thousands of years old. The Ancient One is how old? We know magic has existed for a long time. That's what I'm trying to say. What if the magic is actually what creates the quantum realm? You know, like the magic is the source of it. Like how the dark dimension sort of works too. Yeah, like the magic is the source of it, not necessarily the multiverse. Like, yes, it's a universe in the multiverse, but there's also, to your point, the dark dimension that technically predates the multiverse if we're taking away our most recent theory. And the mirror dimension. Exactly. And so I almost wonder... If outside of the multiverse, magic is able to create its own realms slash universes, you know, even thinking Kamala, like she is technically from a descendant of another universe. She is descendant from a person from another universe. There were some words missing in that sentence. Yeah. You know, that's magical as well, potentially, if you're taking Maybe that's why I always block out her show, because when it got into that stuff, it got to a point where it felt inexplainable and I just didn't want to get there. It does 
fly in the face of some of our other knowledge. That is true. It's a little bit of a stretch sometimes to fit it into what we think we know. However, now that we know that a realm is equal to a universe, we almost have to think that Kamal is just a descendant from someone who's actually from another universe. However, if that was in the 1940s, you know, that too, like, that's why I think it has to be magic. It has to be related to magic. So I'm not against this, especially because we see, and I do want to use the Scarlet Witch as an example, because like Bucky, I will find any reason to bring her up. But <laughs> I, no, but truly, she's a great example because she physically can rewrite reality and pretty much, I mean, we've seen her create a whole world. Like she took over a town and pretty much created a whole world. And granted, that's not the same as a universe, but we've seen the things she is capable of doing. And so clearly that's strong magic at hand. I wouldn't be shocked. I also want to bring attention still to, um, and we talked about it in the predictions episode, and I am kind of annoyed because it never got touched on in the film. So I, I we can, once again, neither confirm nor deny this. But in the film, you see these like orangey yellow columns kind of coming down from the sky slash ceiling of the quantum realm. <laughs> and it's almost like it's like feeding the realm itself. And I do remember I brought it up because I was like, what if it's like the world above or like whatever? Like somehow it's it's like taking energy. It very much could be magical energy. I don't know. Like, well, I do when you talk about energy. First, before we go into something else, because this will kind of take us into a different route. I want to just quickly recap because I'm also going to forget this if I don't recap. There are two contradicting theories that we just put out as it relates to the quantum realm and the multiverse. Theory one, Sylvie killing he who remains reverberated both forward and backward a long time, meaning that the moment that she killed him Technically, now the multiverse has always been open because of that moment. That is theory one. I hate it. It hurts my brain. But it's kind of a catch-all now that I'm thinking about it. It is. It also kind of explains the Steve Rogers thing. True. It makes it very easy to excuse a lot of plot holes. It's too easy, but it also again, still hurts my brain. Like, the idea that I have to re-watch all of these films with the lens at the multiverses, and it doesn't apply to every film because some are more grounded than others, but, like, I have to re-watch a Doctor Strange, which, you know, when we get back into replays, that's coming up very quickly. We have to potentially watch that with the lens of the multiverse is open, you know, this is how it's affecting how we view that movie. So, whatever. That's theory number one. Not my fave, but I think it, based on what we know now, it actually functions and it has some legs. Theory two, the quantum realm and all of the realms slash dimensions that we saw technically, quote unquote, prior to Loki are actually created by magic, whether that's chaos magic or just pre-existing ancient magic, that the magic is the source of those particular realms slash dimensions, including potentially the quantum realm, which would explain why they would predate what we know as the birth of the multiverse in Sylvie killing He Who Remains. Yes, and I just had a thought. Not off those theories, but as you were talking, I was still thinking about my little energy things, and I know we're going in that direction, so I wanted to say it. I'm talking about it feeding off the world above, but the world above is the energy layer, technically, that we know of. Oh, well, my research is paying off because I wanted to look into what are the comic book origins of the quantum realm. And we talked about this a little bit in the predictions, but I went a little deeper because I was like, 
Now that we've seen it in its glory and we have a little bit of more of an idea of how it's depicted in the MCU, how does that compare to what its origins are in the comics and how can that help inform perhaps where it's going, right? So two things. It came from kind of an amalgamation of two different distinct zones in comics. One is the quantum zone, which is what I'm going to get into in a second. The other is the microverse, which is what we uh, touched on in the predictions episode. I definitely want to talk a little bit about the microverse as well. But related to your energy comment, the one thing I found most interesting about the quantum zone is it is the source of all energy. So in the comics, the quantum zone, source of all energy, there are these things called quantum bands. And they are related to these beings I have never heard of, and they're like protectors of some sort. However, at one point, did want to point this out, Thanos' parents have some, which is interesting because obviously we know Thanos is dead, but we still have Eros out there, which means the parents of one of our current MCU characters at one point owned these quantum bands, as they're called. Now, we know that Marvel likes to take things from the comments and twist them a little bit so they're not exactly one for one. Some things are, some things aren't. I have a theory that perhaps the quantum bands could be a source, a comic source adjusted for perhaps a Shang-Chi's rings. I don't remember when we did the research where his rings are actually from in the comics, unfortunately, because it's been so long since we did that film and the research for it. I haven't seen the film, I think, since it premiered. I just don't remember. But I could see them making that change from the comics, the saying it's a quantum band, Kamala's bangles, same deal. Now you're starting to tie it into quantum energy, Kang's whole thing that we saw in this film so that I'm wondering if that's kind of the connection and when you said the energy thing it was the perfect segue for me to kind of get into that again all this is predicated on them taking source material and adjusting it a little bit for the MCU but I think there is there are some things that have already happened that make me think that that's entirely possible so I like that and I'm not angry about that at all. Like, I, I like that idea because I think, I mean, we talked about it in the predictions episode two about Shang-Chi. And I know we went a little off the rails. I was throwing some really wild things out there. But you know what? You never know. Look, we threw out a sacred circle as a joke, kind of. And it ended up being right. So yeah, like somewhere in my brain factory, I came up with that and it actively like was the plot point. And I was like, what? (laughs) I'm just at the point, Kate, where I feel like any random theory, we just got to say it because our luck, that's going to be the one where Kevin goes, nobody's ever going to think about that one. But us, because we're just so far away from what's canonically right that we're going to just hit the stuff where Kevin's trying to throw people curveballs. Yeah. Like that's where we got it. Yeah. So I'm not even angry about my whole like the Avengers already defeated Kang and trapped him in the quantum realm but this happened back in time like actually I could have seen that happening I still don't really follow that I was down with it but either way (laughs) I like this (laughs) because to your point we have been trying actively since Shang-Chi which is September of 2021 already oof which but (laughs) so what a year and a half yeah exactly so you know, for a year and a half, we're pretty much sitting here trying to figure out, especially because that end credit scene has been eating all of us alive. And I wouldn't be shocked if it does tie to the quantum realm, especially because to me, now that we've been introduced so much to the quantum realm, I don't think it's over. And I know we're going to get there in a little bit um, where we think the quantum realm is going, but like, 
We've now seen a whole civilization down there. Like, this place is established. I also have, like, weird vibes about Kang, which we talked about earlier. But, like, I'm not saying we're going to go back to the quantum realm as a whole, but I think its involvement is still present. Okay, I have a thought. When you were talking about Shang-Chi and the end credit scene, I remember in, I don't remember if it was the predictions or the reactions to Quantumania, I talked about possibly having... There was a moment in Quantumania that tied to, I think, the moment Wanda became the Scarlet Witch. I don't remember exactly what moment my theory said was tied. In Quantumania? Yeah, what was that? I don't remember you saying that. I remember you saying Loki, we know Loki and WandaVision were connected. Right, but I remember saying it was because I remember going back and forth about whether or not, because the society had kind of healed itself, you know, looked more healed than right after the blip. And I was saying, you know, I wonder all this stuff. I don't remember exactly what moment I was tying it to. But anyway, I'm now changing my theory. What if the moment Cassie opens the quantum realm is actually tied to the moment in Shang-Chi that they say the rings are calling? Or it's the moment that Kang gets his chair, like fully functional. Because at that point, his time ring things that look suspiciously like Shang-Chi's rings, yeah. if those are sisters or like triplets with Kamala's, because I'm just going to keep throwing Kamala's stuff in there because she's tied in and I can't figure it out, but I know it and I'm going to scream it to all get out. So they're sisters. They're like the fates, the triplets. Let's do it, right? We don't know, you know, I don't really remember if Kamala's was calling to anything, if that was like called out at all during the show. But I do remember to your point, the Shang-Chi end credit scene, I could see the moment that Kang gets his chair back and he starts to ready the troops that's the moment because now it's already there's already an opening between the quantum realm and our world that's the moment where they're like oh wait your rings are calling to something so going off of that then I wonder if Shang-Chi's rings has the ability to open itself into the quantum realm or other multiverse or universes I genuinely believe that we have only not even scratched the surface of what those rings can do. Agreed. He and his dad used them to beat the crap out of one another. Very visually beautiful, but it's like the equivalent of having like the world's biggest supercomputer and playing Tetris. Like that's how I think they were using them. Like they just have not even truly understood. Think about his mother's like realm, their secret like place where they lived. There's just a whole lot of stuff that can be accessed with those rings that have not even been touched upon yet. Well, and if they have any relation to the point, and I do believe they do, but if they have any relation to Kamala's bangle, we've seen her use it to literally travel time on accident. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, part of her bangle, like that was part of that whole thing was like it was her bangle. Which makes her very tied to Kang because who else can time travel willy-nilly? So here's what I'm saying. Timing-wise in the films, also just like fun fact, obviously this wouldn't be limited by geography, but both Ant-Man and Shang-Chi, San Francisco-based heroes, so there's that connection as well. But Timing-wise, I think Shang-Chi and Quantumania fit really well together. However, Kamala comes in by already having time-traveled using her bangle, which is her tie to Kang. So it's almost like she and Shang-Chi are like two different branches and Kang is the trunk, right? He's the connector of the two because those two have not connected yet. But at some point, I'm not going to believe that someone who's activating the same kind of magic 
even though it's on one side of the country and someone who's activating it on the other side of the country, if they're already communicating Not to even. Kang... He's activating it on a completely different continent. Well, I was thinking when he's in San Francisco, but, like, I'm just saying, regardless of Earth geography, these things can communicate between realms. So eventually they're going to be activating at the same time and they're going to call to one another. And they don't need Kang as the middleman. So I'm going to say something to help me understand this. Yeah, go for it. And what I think might end up being really helpful to anybody who's read Percy Jackson, which should be everybody. <laughs> it's been out long enough, and it's like one of the best book series to walk the earth. But I'm starting to read the quantum realm, and this will tie into everything you just said. I'm starting to read the quantum realm as the labyrinth. Oh! And it essentially runs underneath our, not our planet, our literal universe. And you can use it to travel, and it might take you five minutes, and the next thing you know, you're 500 years in the future. And I'm starting to see it that way. Think about how they use it in Endgame. And they obviously were using it to time travel. We saw that. It took them a blip of time to get in and out and do what they had to do. I'll see you in a minute. (laughs) That was uncalled for. (laughs) I, to this day... Can't believe I'm the only one who was like hardcore sobbing in the theater on the night of the premiere when that happened. I was like, what? No one is sad. Your theater was a bunch of turds. Clearly. But either way. And so I'm seeing this as these special like pieces of jewelry. That's really what they are. Are like, I don't know. Like, I can't explain how using that same idea, like what they would be equivalent to, but they like can. Pretty much, I'm seeing it use the quantum realm to call to other things, like maybe each other, or to bigger threats moving throughout time, because they're using the quantum realm, which is running underneath our universe. That's how I'm seeing this. Yeah, I could see that, kind of as it's like, oh, it's like a conduit for these magical instruments slash jewelry. Okay, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting really deep. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like formulating what I was trying to say, like understand the words, but I have just this concept in my head of like ancientness. And I think here's how you bring in the internals too, right? Like you have just this ancient idea of this quant. Like what if the quantum realm is like, so old right like this isn't new but like you have this ancient quantum realm created by ancient magic what do you have also ancient jewelry that calls home to its ancient home right i also want to tie this is a perfect segue into the other portion of the quantum realm's origins in the comics which is the microverse which is this whole other place it's got a whole cast of characters that cast of characters is actually kind of inspired by the microverse. Except Veb. Yes, he's totally new and amazing and unique and original. But they're inspired by these microverse characters called the Micronauts. Interestingly enough, just a fun little meta tidbit, is that we actually can't, or Marvel can't actually use the term Micronauts or use any of those characters because it's owned by another entity. Which is so weird to me. Like, how did that happen? Well, when they thought they were going bankrupt in the 90s, they sold whatever they could to stay afloat. I mean, yeah, but like, I feel like that's... Out of all the things of Marvel, I feel like the microverse and the micronauts are, like, super meta within Marvel. Like, it's no Spider-Man, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I think, well, there's a toy line. Like, they didn't even really use it for the comics, was my understanding. They just wanted to make toys out of the characters. Which, the the characters look pretty cool, so I kind of get that, but... Anyway, I had a point with the microverse, and honestly, it left me. 
But I'm glad I got that little bit of context out for everyone because I realized I had only talked about the first part of the inspiration for the quantum realm. So there you go. Maybe it'll come back in 10 minutes, but truly like it's gone now. It was like a little seedling. And then instead of being watered, it got trampled by a dog. So it's gone. Hey, don't put a dog's name to the dirt like that. Look, I love a good dog. Maybe it's a coyote. We're gonna blame the coyote that took that away from me. Fair. I'll go with that. We'll run with that. But I still have questions. First, we went deep into the quantum realm. I don't want to say statistics. Logistics. That's what I'm looking for. Let's pull back. Let's go off of what we kind of take this next little bit to just talk about what we saw in Ant-Man 3 for a second. Okay. Taking apart all the other movies, I don't want to pay attention to any of it. I just have questions that I want to answer about what I've seen. First, is everyone in the quantum realm small? Yes. Okay. That's how they got there. Slash, meaning the Ant-Man crew, that's how they got there. Right. But then I wonder, you know, if we're going to go off the thought that this realm existed and always exists and is like the labyrinth underneath the earth of Percy Jackson kind of vibe. How did they all get there? King, we got an explanation. He he was banished there, which means other kings know about it, which is why I have to assume the quantum realm has always just been open and has always just existed. But those kings didn't exist until he who remains was killed. But somehow they did because he has a whole history too. He has a history of killing other universes, which is why they banished him there. Yeah, I honestly don't remember what our theories were around that because I think I blacked out so much of this and I don't want to get into Kang. But if we're going to say, remember we were talking about whether Ant-Man was the starting moment or Loki was the starting moment. That's technically the point at which the Sacred Circle re-recycles. Yeah. If you want to hear that conversation... I highly suggest you go re-listen to our reactions episode. I don't have the mental acuity after discussing the quantum realm for this long to be able to rehash that conversation, but that's essentially the conversation we need to poke at. Well, that's why I'm going to just assume it's the basement of our universe and that it has always existed, just like most basements have. Like, (laughs) I... (laughs) Truly, like... I'm done thinking otherwise. I'm just going to assume the quantum realm like truly, genuinely always existed. Because I can't think it just appeared. Because it like didn't. (laughs) Well, it's also too integral in the MCU's history in order for it to not have existed. Like, to your point, Janet went in there 30 years ago. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was used in Endgame, which... You know, there's the whole Loki situation, but that was before Loki even left, was, like, became a variant. They created that variant by going back in time. Yeah. Then you get into the whole question of, were they supposed to time travel? And I'm just not going there today. But that's my point. I'm assuming, I'm going off the idea the quantum realm is always there, period, the end, it's the basement of our universe. Fine. So those people are just kind of there. I guess. It's a whole world down there. I just, I, I, mean, I know we touched on slightly, but like, how does one leave? <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Without a quantum tunnel. But then there's time vortexes that are just an unexplained thing. And how do you get to those? Like, that's my question. Because I don't understand. I think they're just holes. 
I think there are holes between that universe and ours. So did they go through a time vortex when Cassie made her machine and it malfunctioned because Janet had an unplug and then replug moment? I think, no, I think they just opened an, their own door to it on accident. And because they sent a, because remember that's the whole thing um, Modoc is explaining. They pretty much sent a signal down and unknowingly he was down there because they didn't think anyone was down there because Janet decides to actually shut up for once and doesn't talk about the important thing. I'm like, okay. And that's so because he saw it, he managed to open something from that end too. Okay. It was like, once again, Percy Jackson reference, The Doors of Death. You didn't read that book. It's the second, it's the Heroes of Olympus series. You didn't read, read House of Hades. But in that, it's the same idea. In order to manage with the Doors of Death, like someone has to be on both sides. Well, to bring it back to Marvel, it's essentially the Tesseract. But like, you don't need someone on both sides. But the idea is it can be opened on both ends. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, I think, happened with Cassie opening the doorway. I think it wouldn't have necessarily been the biggest issue because they didn't know anyone was down there. But the problem is, is there was someone down there. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, Darren of all people. Which does, it did make sense. Like, I was fine with that. I did, th- that made a lot of sense to me. It was funny. It was kind of hilarious in like a really bizarre way. Yeah. But now I want to just bring up our last thing because it's been a headache to get here. And so I want to get somewhere where I feel like it's safe. And that's wondering, will we see more of the quantum realm and where do we go from here? Short answer is yes. I agree. My personal theory based on my research, because it can be accessed via magic, clearly the Ant-Man crew has done it before. We've obviously just saw them do it. I have a feeling the Kang Dynasty battle will be at least partially in the quantum realm. If maybe not the main battle, a lead-up battle. I, I think there will be a major battle fought in the quantum realm that is involving more than just Ant-Man. I think this was just a taste, and I think the quantum realm is going to continue to be an important locale, even outside of the Ant-Man franchise, moving forward, just knowing the way it ties into so much of the multiverse, time travel, and all of the things that are underpinning the multiverse saga. All right. So like I said, I agree with the overwhelming answer of yes, we're seeing it again. It's not going away. I didn't put that deep of a thought into where exactly we're seeing it again, as in like the way you just did. I like your idea, though. I will say I also passionately believe we'll see it again because I find that it's very rare in the MCU and I can totally be corrected. But from my experience of what I feel like we've seen, we're not usually, you know, involved in investing this much into certain characters that we meet in this movie. The way that in Ant-Man we were with Veb and that whole crew, because for some reason Veb's the only one I remember. <laughs> like, I, I can picture all the rest of them, but I can't think of their names off the top of my head. Gentara is the leader. Yeah, and, and then I can picture them. Well, what's screwing me up is I did the blog and I talked about what their microverse counterpart is yeah and now i'm like sitting here and i'm like i don't now my names are all like screwed up but either way we invested a lot with them and they were like a bigger part of the film than i i would have anticipated them being and so i feel like it would be very weird to me to not ever see them again in any way yeah i felt the same way and you know even coming out of our ant-man reactions I remember thinking after we hung up the call, like, oh, we didn't really talk about them a lot. But I thought to myself, they spent a lot of time on them. Like, they had a lot of screen time 
for characters that they're going to be throwaway characters. Like, I don't know. I just don't really see that, you know? Exactly. So to your point, like, I could see them being something that we revisit. Maybe not as main characters, but definitely, like, pop up, you know, as they're in the quantum realm. Allies, if there is a battle in the quantum realm. You know, they were great allies in this film, obviously. I also, from, like, a more meta standpoint, I wonder if... You know, a lot of these rights deals that Marvel lost in the 90s, they're starting to expire. We saw that, or we're starting to see that just in different things. Uh, I think some of the theme park things are starting to expire. They're bringing back. There was one other one that I remember reading. Oh, the Hulks, just in general, being able to use the Hulks in films and stuff. That's when we talked about a lot during She-Hulk. So some of those are opening up for Marvel to kind of buy their characters and buy their rights back. And that almost makes me wonder, like, is that possible with the Micronauts, you know, and that maybe even though they're now kind of their own distinct characters, the idea of the team of the Micronauts potentially reverting the rights back to Marvel, they're setting that up so that in five years or so, we might see them, you know, here or there or as again, allies in a battle. And then from there, they get their own franchise spinoff when that deal goes through. I think that could be interesting. You know, we almost saw something similar as it related to Wanda. They kind of set the set the stage. And then once that Fox deal came through and they were allowed to finally call her the Scarlet Witch, we already knew and loved Wanda, but now she was able to come into her own and be truly who she is in the comics. So I almost wonder if that's another version of that coming through with these characters where they're setting them up so that in a few years when they get the naming rights and all that good stuff back, they're able to really build them up as their own franchise. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that. I also think as you were talking, I was also thinking like how in the long run we could see the multi or the quantum realm again beyond just visiting these characters or seeing them kind of pop up. And part of me was thinking like, the Kangs all know about the Quantum Realm. And they banished the other Kang there because it was like the only realm, I, in my opinion, that he probably was going to majorly struggle to get out of. Yeah. It's like extremely hard to get to. Like it takes a lot of work if you're not like Ant-Man to get to. And it, you know, takes just as much work to clearly get out of it. Like if they didn't have the, like... Kang's technology, I gen, I like don't know how they actually would have gotten out. So, you know, kind of got lucky. But I would be very intrigued to see how this universe that seems to be trapped, like a trap, could, like, if you end up there, it could not be, it's not always great because you might not be able to get out, can be utilized both by, you know, what we see the Avengers and by the Kings who know this exists and used it already as a prison. And on top of that, I'd like to understand if America can, can reach it. Yeah. Because that's a huge question to me. And if she can, I, I'm i pretty intrigued on how using her powers and utilizing the quantum realm in a lot easier of a way than even Ant-Man can, you know, how the heroes might be able to use it. Not to mention, I don't know how much of the quantum realm there is. I mean, we only saw like some of it. Clearly, there's a whole world down there, more than what we even saw. Yeah. I actually, it almost makes me want to go back and watch MOM, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. But to see when she and Strange are jumping through and she kind of is, I think she loses control or whatever it is they're hiding from Wanda. I don't know. So remember. it's the first time Wanda is attacking them and he 
she's taking her power and is opening the her like star portal yeah. when they're in uh Comertage and Strange tackles America through the portal to get Wanda to stop and that's when they stumble through. Yeah. Basically that scene from the trailer where they're going through the multiverse. That's where I wanna like almost slow it down and see if like Strange, she also takes a brief trip through the quantum realm. Because I think right there we could actually find a definitive answer. Yeah, agree. But I think we'll be seeing, especially if there ends up, we can find the tie to Shang-Chi's rings and Kamala's bangle. I think we will be seeing a lot more of the quantum realm coming up. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I'm actually kind of excited for it. I kind of like the quantum realm. It like definitely hurts my brain, but I don't dislike it. I think it's like more of a puzzle, but I need more data. It only hurts my brain because I think they're... I think if we were getting these movies in a way that it was like, okay, we get these movies, we get to ponder on them, but then we get an answer. And then we get the next movie. And then we're kind of like, okay, so how does this fit into the thing we already know? Because like you just said puzzle piece. That's awesome. But the thing is, is we have a bunch of puzzle pieces that none of them are fitting together. We have absolutely no border. We have none of the pieces sticking together. Maybe we have like two here and two there, but nothing else. And so it's a lot harder to find the bigger picture when nothing seems to be going together. Yeah. But we just keep getting pieces. Yeah. No, agree. I think that's a really good analogy. I think, you know, to your point, it's almost like some of the pieces are like flipped over to the cardboard side. It's like when Winston is trying to do a puzzle (laughs) and he's like, he doesn't realize he's colorblind. Like that's kind of how I feel half the pieces are right now. You know, we don't really realize that they're flipped. That's such a good episode when Schmidt is like, are you colorblind? Iconic. (laughs) But yes, Winston doing a puzzle. Perfect example. Perfect example. Yep. Oh, God, that show is so good. (laughs) This is such a good show. We're talking about New Girl, if you don't know. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I believe it's still on Netflix. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I don't know if they took it off. But it was on Netflix when I watched it. If it's off Netflix, that is a major loss for Netflix because that show got me through my senior year of college and it kept me sane and I will forever be grateful. Anyway, this has been our Quantum Realm episode. I personally am very satisfied with our discussion. I don't have anything to add. Katie, I don't know if you have anything you want to last minute add to the discourse. I don't have anything to add. I just want to throw out there to everybody that as we do these episodes, especially these specifically as we go into some of the specifics of, you know, Ant-Man 3 and some of the plots, the people, the characters, everything around it, we're guessing. (laughs) (laughs) If that wasn't made abundantly clear. (laughs) Yeah. We are doing research to try our best to kind of give some theories that are guiding theories, but at the end of the day, we probably know as much as everybody else um, so we're just trying to give you guys some thoughts and things to think on to take with you, maybe play with in your brain like Play-Doh and maybe spit something out better than what we did. And if you do, please let us know and we will shout you out on the episode. Yes, 100% because we are always open to hearing others' ideas or, you know, if you have something that's a theory that we put in your brain that you figured something else off of it that we didn't go off because we're just all fans out here trying our best to understand the current MCU. Because Kevin's given me nothing. Nothing, Kevin. Yeah. So just want to throw that out there that, you know, we've just spent 45 to 50 minutes throwing out a lot of random things and we know that, but you know what? Food for thought and just run with it and we're going to and we're going to see what comes next, specifically with Loki season two. 
when we get an update on Kang. Yeah, so this has been really, really fun. I enjoyed spitballing with you, Kate, on this particular topic. I think we opened up a lot of questions, but I'm proud of our theories. Sometimes the wildest ones work out. So this has been super fun. If you are excited for any of our upcoming deep dive episodes coming out of Ant-Man, you can subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Also, definitely give the blog a follow because we do have extra stuff in there that we just either forgot to talk about or couldn't remember in the moment or made note of that we wanted to answer for you in the blog. All that goes in there. So definitely, definitely check that out as a perfect companion to every single episode. And also, last but not least, if you are a fan of the show and you want to show your support, you can check out our Redbubble shop and order some merch. Make sure you guys are also following us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is Let's Talk MFT and Instagram is Let's Talk dot mft though i'm sure we will show up we don't have the dot but unfortunately i couldn't get without the dot so make sure you guys are following us there those are also great because you'll know when episodes go up when blogs go up just fun things are on there so just go give us a follow on either platform you're on both if you're on both whatever you want to do Coming up in two weeks, since we are back to our two-week schedule, we will be going into the Young Avengers, like fully into the Young Avengers. I know we've been throwing around them for two years. And so <laughs> oh, I was like, when did the Falcon and Winter Soldier come out? Uh, no, WandaVision. Oh, true. True. I mean, that predates our show, but like we still reference them, so it counts. Well, so does the Falcon and Winter Soldier, technically, but we were still, whatever. Two years, we've pretty much been saying the Young Avengers. So we are finally, now that we've seen Cassie, I feel like who just put like the tip of the iceberg for the most part, we are going to really deep dive into the Young Avengers, who they are, when we think they might show up, because some Marvel person said it's not happening anytime soon, which I don't believe. Liar. Yeah, don't believe. So we're going to go cover all sorts of things about the Young Avengers, so keep an eye out for that episode because it's going to be a good one and very informative as well if you don't know much about the Young Avengers. So, in the meantime, you know, if you're behind on any Marvel content, take the time to catch up. If you're behind on any of our episodes, well, you shouldn't be, but catch up anyway if you are. And as always, Marvel just blew your mind, so let's talk about it.